everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, I've never seen an empty seat come to a personal relationship in Jesus Christ, but I have seen someone sitting in a seat come into a personal relationship with Christ. We have some funny stories about people who have occupied these seats over the years. We've had celebrities in seats. We've had people who are fresh out of prison in these seats. We've had political figures in these seats. We've had Academy Award-winning actors and actresses over the years to cycle through fellowship. We've had teachers in these seats. We've had preachers in these seats. We've had all sorts of people occupying seats. And there's something about a seat. In fact, our seat is made for a seat. We like to have a seat. We want to have good seats. And a lot of people are focused on front row seats or maybe box seats or I had to sit in the nosebleed section or maybe just maybe you had reserved seats. And we like to sit usually in certain places. Having spoken a lot especially at this location, I can look around and and, and see many familiar faces because you're sitting in the same places. And that's sort of natural. There's something about a seat. Jesus, the Bible said in Mark chapter two, went back to a place called Capernaum. Now some people, some scholars say that Jesus was speaking in his house. Others feel like it could have been Simon Peter's house. We don't know, but the Gospel of Mark chapter 2 says it was rumored, people heard, we would say social media was blowing up, Jesus was in the house. And because Jesus was so popular during this time, he was like at the apex of his public ministry, people swarmed to where they even thought he was. What if I told you next weekend, what if I said, LeBron James will be in the house? Whoa, you would tell your friends, you would tell your coworkers, you would tell your family members, you you would have them here, no doubt about it, at Fellowship Church. What if I said that Katy Perry was gonna be at one location, maybe Justin Bieber at another location, maybe Beyonce at another location, maybe Jay-Z at another location, maybe Donald Trump at another location. What if I just started naming all of these major celebrities, all of these people, all of these A-listers, these, these cultural elites, what if I said they were gonna be at all of our locations? I'm telling you right now, It would be an easy invite, wouldn't it? No problem. Our house would be full. It would be standing room only. One of the funniest things that ever happened in the history of Fellowship Church was back in the days when the Cowboys were just getting really popular in the 90s. Our church was small. We had one service, several hundred people showing up, and I was walking across the parking lot to speak at our only service. So I'm 28 years old, just cruising across the parking lot. I see some of our parkers. And back in the day, we had to get anybody to be a parker. Most of them were like chain smokers. You can identify the parkers by the puffs of smoke. Where's that parker? Oh, there he is. I see he's on his fourth cigarette. Well, normally the parkers were just smoking, 
And I'm, I'm not lying here. In fact, some trivia, Dr. Phil was on our parking crew back in the day. Phil McGraw, that's all another story. So I'm walking and I see the parkers, they have like crocodile grins. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I've never seen the parkers at the time. Now our parkers are awesome, but I've never seen them this excited. And one blurts out, uh, 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 Pastor, Troy Aikman's here. Troy Aikman, the, the, the quarterback for the Cowboys. Troy Aikman, I just saw him. I said, man, that's great. Troy's here. That's, that's, that's good. Troy's here. I walk in, the greeters, oh, Troy, I just, I just met Troy Aikman. Troy, yeah, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. Now, let me pause for a second. Owen Goff, for 24 years, has been by my side, my wingman for all these years. And he heard this, different people coming up to me, assaulting me, telling me that Troy Aikman was at church. Okay, so it happened several times. You know, I walk in the lobby, several other people, uh, Troy, Troy just walked up the steps, Troy Aikman, you got some coffee right there, Troy Aikman's here. Wanted you to know. Thanks. Appreciate it. So I walk in, I sit down getting ready to preach. Owen has heard all of this. And right before I stand behind the pulpit and speak, Owen leans over and goes, Pastor Troy Aikman is here today. I said, Owen, I've only heard that about a squillion times already. And it was interesting because it was the first time a celebrity had ever gone to our church and people were like looking around. And it was embarrassing. After Troy left the service. We had ushers. I mean, they, they, they look like Jack Ruby when they went after Lee Harvey Oswald. <gasps> Troy, Troy. And I'm saying to myself, he'll never come back. We acted like a bunch of idiots. Sure enough, he did come back and he went to our church for a long, long time. People though, came to our church because Troy Aikman came to our church. I'm serious. It was written up in all these magazines and all of these, you know, different little TMZ. Troy, this is where Troy Aikman goes to church, Fellowship Church. It helped our growth. And I think a lot of people came to church just to see Troy. They weren't thinking about Jesus, but they wanted to see Troy. We have an opportunity, don't we, to invite people to church, to bring people to sit by us in these seats. LeBron, easy invite. Donald Trump, no problem. Katy Perry, oh yeah. Lady Gaga, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her. Yet Jesus is in the house every weekend. Yet we sometimes stumble and fumble and stutter when we have the opportunity to bring someone to sit in one of these seats here or at one of our many different campuses because we don't want to scare anybody. We don't want to turn anybody off. We don't want to freak anybody out. But if we had a celebrity here, like we do now and then, they still show up. And if I told you who was out there, who was at this campus or that campus, no problem. Oh, Bono goes to the downtown Dallas campus. Jesus was in the house in Capernaum. It was SRO, standing room only. 
And the Bible says, I won't read it for you, you can read it, that he was preaching the word. But again, I gotta tell you, it was jammed. Every seat was taken. You couldn't even get near the place. In fact, you couldn't even get near the door. So there was a situation which had to be faced. Once again, why do we do what we do at Fellowship? Why do we have 10 locations, all of these seats, seats upon seats upon seats? Why do we do so many different services? Because I like speaking that much? No. Because we like producing stuff that much? No. Because we like writing curriculum? No. We do it because of Jesus. That's why we do what we do. And if you're here today and you may be new to this thing, you might be sort of kind of a pre-Christian, that's cool. Keep occupying that seat. And I believe if you keep occupying that seat, you'll get rescued one day. All of us who've been rescued, someone brought us to Jesus. Someone brought us to the house. This situation was, was, was freaky. And the reason I call it a situation is because, if you'll keep reading, a group of men, some people think it was four, but it was more than four, a group of men, they were passionate about the house. In fact, the psalmist says that we should be passionate. We should have a passion for the house. And these guys obviously had a passion for the house. Who knows? I mean, I don't know who they were. No one knows. You could guess. We could speculate. Maybe Jesus had changed their lives. Maybe they had been healed. Maybe they had been power washed. We don't know. These guys, though, were dedicated. They saw this obstacle. They saw this situation. And they faced it. And they were like, you know what? It looks difficult, but we are going to bring our friend to the house. And that's what they did. So again, the Gospel of Mark chapter two. Let me skip down to verses two, and then I'll go to three and five. Immediately many gathered, verse two. So there was no room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. And you might just wanna know, I don't give you public opinion. I don't give you self-help stuff. I don't give you psychological mumbo jumbo. I don't give you the power of positive thinking or winking. No, 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 no. I'm preaching and teaching the word. Fellowship Church is a church based on the word. We're under the authority of the word. We believe the word. We even believe the maps. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 3, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. It was more than four. These guys, oh, these cats were determined. Here was a paralytic, someone on a mat. And let me stop here for a second. We're going to see here that his condition was caused by sin. Obviously, all sickness is not caused by sin. In this context, the paralytic's condition was caused by rebellion before God. So they were determined, they, they, they knew this guy, I would think their lives had been changed by Jesus, so they were determined and dedicated to go after him. 
So they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Again, just for a second, let's pause. Those of us who are believers, just, just pause for five seconds. Who brought you to Jesus? Who? Who? Now, let's just silently thank God for that person. It could have been a parent, could have been a teacher, it could have been a coach, it could have been a friend. I don't know who. Who brought you to Jesus? Now, if you're not a follower of Christ, if you're occupying this seat, who invited you to fellowship? About 95% of everyone here receives an invitation by a human being to show up in the house. So the Bible says, and when they could not come near him, again, obstacles, obstacles, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. I love that. You talking about raising the roof. These guys, I love this, they were 3D, dedicated, determined, and discerning. They were dedicated. They knew this guy didn't know Jesus, and they thought that Jesus could change his life. Also, they were determined. They were like, come hell or high water, we're bringing our boy to Jesus. Even though we can't get a seat, we're doing it. And they were discerning. If you know anything about architecture back in the day, the roofs were flat, they were made with tile, simply clay tile. So these cats, with the paralyzed dude on the mat, they climb up on top of the roof, the place is jammed, and they remove the tiles, just enough room to lower this man on the mat to have courtside seats, to have front row seats in front of the Savior. Is that cool? They looked and saw the crowds. They were like, there's no way. And, and the crowd, this is interesting, they didn't really care about this guy, obviously. They were like, you know, they were, they were self-centered. These other guys were soul-centered. They were like, I, I've had my life changed, and, and, and Jesus, I, I've heard he can change. So we're going to take our boy, our, our paralyzed boy, who's been down on the mat to Jesus. Who do you know who's on the mat? Who do you know who's almost been counted out by a marriage or two, by methamphetamine, by alcohol, by pornography, by being ripped off in a business deal? Who do you know who is lying on the mat? Who do you know who's being counted out right now? Who do you know who is paralyzed? Who do you know on the mat? Bring him to Jesus. Have determination. Have discernment. Be determined. But these people broke through the roof, lowered the man down, right there in front of Jesus. And, and Jesus saw, I love this, keep reading, their faith. They saw their faith. Again, I ask you, who are you regularly bringing to Jesus? I'm talking to believers now. Who are you bringing to Jesus? Who are you bringing to occupy these seats? 
Now, obviously, I mean, Captain Obvious, we got Easter coming up, all these services, and we have all services all the time anyway. I mean, but, but, but what an easy invite. And you're going to tell God, well, I don't want to scare him. I don't want to freak them out. I'm not sure if LeBron or Troy or Lady Gaga or Bono or Katy Perry, if they were going to be there, I know you would invite them. There's no doubt. Bill Gates, oh, man, you would, you would, you would just, just, just get in people's grill and invite them. I'm not saying we should be mean or ugly. I'm not saying we should be condescending, nothing like that. We should have passion like these guys had. We should have purpose like these guys had. And, and we should see the, the situation from Christ's eyes. But I'm asking you, who are you regularly inviting, bringing to Jesus? I'm, I'm beginning a series next weekend called The Art of Easter. I'm gonna do some painting. We're painting a portrait, well, really with chalk. I think it's the largest chalk drawing in the history right out there in a parking lot. Did you know that? You know it now. Largest picture of Jesus, I believe, ever. Why are we doing that? Because it's about Jesus. And I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm gonna paint for the next several weeks. You'll notice in all of the lobbies at all of our campus, we have colors. And these colors, we want you to paint. You don't have to be an artist. We have colors, and these colors represent your friends your neighbors, your family, your whoever. And as you paint on the walls of our lobby, hopefully you'll paint and breathe a prayer for them that God will bring up, I know he will if you'll pray it, a situation and a conversation and which will lead one day, I believe, to their life transformation. Well, this cat, the guy was paralyzed. No one would give up their seat. He's lowered down in front of Jesus. And you know what Jesus does? This is, this is unique. He says, your sins are forgiven. Wait a minute, Jesus, the guy can't even walk. And you're talking about sin? Your sins are forgiven. That's what Jesus said. So these guys faced a serious situation. But notice this transformation. So when they had broken through the roof and they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Here's the tweet of the day. The lost are worth the cost. The lost are worth the cost. There was a financial cost back in the day. Scaling walking on the roof, ripping the roof up, lowering the guy down. We roll the dice financially at Fellowship Church. We don't play it safe. We don't have some trust or some hidden cash somewhere. I'm telling you, what we receive, we spend. It's that simple. So there is a financial risk. And when you are a soul-centered church, you will roll the dice financially. It costs something. Jesus said, go into all the world. Go into all the world. Cost a lot of cash money. And I want to thank you here and at all of our campuses for understanding that. But notice also, too, there's an emotional cost. You want to grow deep? You want to really grow deep? You begin to pray. You begin to share. You, be you begin to bring people 
men and women on the mat to church, it'll change your life. There's a relational cost as well. These guys, I mean, they, they cashed in their relational chips. Bring in this guy to Jesus. Now, while this was happening, you know you're gonna have some hypocrites there. They're everywhere. And back in the day, I want you to mark in your Bibles, Mark chapter two, mark it in Mark chapter two. This is the first time the haters began to really get organized against Jesus because this led to his arrest, death, burial, Clyde Warren Park, this Friday. I'll see you there at seven o'clock. Clyde Warren Park, seven o'clock this Friday. I'll see you there. It led to his death and also obviously his resurrection, which Good Friday is where we're going to take communion together as a community, as a city. And then also it comes to the weekend, Saturday and Sunday at all of our different locations, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So these hypocrites, these hypocrites were like thinking all this trash and then Jesus was just tracing their conversation. He was reading their email. He had hacked into their hearts. He's like, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking like, I can't forgive sins. You're thinking like, blasphemy. I know what you're thinking. And bow, wow, wow, it messed these cats up. They were like, he, he knows what I'm thinking. And here's what's so whack about these hypocrites. They are looking at the Messiah. They're looking at God, someone they were waiting for, yet they couldn't even see it. Their eyes saw him, but their hearts clueless. I'm the only Jesus, you're the only Jesus many people will ever see, yet they don't realize when they're talking to you and me, they're talking to the answer inside of our lives that can change their lives. I pray not only that people can see us, but their hearts will be open so they will occupy a seat. Because if you're not inviting people regularly to the house. You're a hypocrite. If I'm not regularly inviting people to the house, I'm a hypocrite. And it's so difficult for me because I'm a marked man. I'm a pastor. This is my business, as we say in Texas. Other places, business. I'm surrounded so much by believers. I have to really work to rub shoulders with people who are on the mat, who are paralyzed. So Jesus forgives this guy's sin. And then the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and again, guys, they, they had every right to look at Jesus, to check him out. They were the spiritual accountability heads of, of the whole nation and all that. However, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They were too busy examining their navels, looking at Jesus, 
and, and intellectualizing the thing that they missed the magic. A guy sent me this, a friend of mine, he said, an intellectual says a simple thing in a hard way. An artist says a hard thing in a simple way. Jesus was and is an artist. The biggest fear I have is teaching you something you don't understand. The biggest fear I deal with, anybody at Fellowship Church who's on our staff deals with is, People leave confused. I know how to confuse you. And there are a lot of churches in America, all they do is confuse people. And people call them deep. They're not deep, they're full of intellectuals. They're not deep, they're muddy. I don't wanna be like the Trinity or the Mississippi. I wanna be like the Caribbean. I wanna be like a swimming pool. So now Jesus comes back and he goes, and he, he just totally, totally puts it in their face. Here they're barking, arr, arr, bow, wow, wow. He says, which is easier, verse nine, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man, he's calling himself God, huge thing, Son of man, that title 80 times in the New Testament, has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic. Now, I'm gonna stop for a second. These, 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 these Pharisees just didn't get it. They were, they were hypocrites. They didn't understand it. They didn't wanna understand it. They were seeing this and seeing Jesus saying, hey, your sins are forgiven, only God can say that. Whoa, hey, guys, maybe just maybe this is the Messiah? Huh, right in front of their face and missed it. Again, people right in front of your face and mine, they just miss it. And that's the free will that everybody has. But look what happens, because here they have the big question mark, the Pharisees questioning, the scribes questioning, and Jesus is gonna change the question mark into an exclamation point. Mark 2, 11 through 12, I say to you, now he's talking to, to our boy in the mat, take up your bed, Go to your house, immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. That's my prayer as we face Easter. That's my prayer every service. That's our prayer, that people will, 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 will move from a question mark to an exclamation point and go, wow, I've never seen life changed like this. What did Jesus do? He looked up and he saw the faith of these four cats, of these four people lowering their paralytic down to have the best seat in the house. He looked up, then he looked down at the paralytic. He forgave him of his sins. Then he healed him. Then notice Jesus looked around. He looked around at the crowd, around at the Pharisees, around at the people who were right on the verge of believing, around at the community at Capernaum. Then he looked within their hearts. And within the heart of every person, 
in the house. I think Jesus is doing the same thing right now. He's waiting, he's looking up, waiting, waiting to see your faith and mine. He's looking down, and he will look down at the people we're bringing to him. He's looking around at your life and mine. Around is someone who is on the mat. Around is someone who's been saved and rescued. And he's looking within. Do we have that hungry heart? Are we determined? Are we dependable? Are we discerning? Do we have passion? It's all about the seats. Who is sitting? Who is sitting? In your seat, and in your seat, and in your seat. Let's bow our heads together. I want all of us to just touch the seat in front of us for a second here and in Miami, London, Dallas, Park Cities, Plano, Fort Worth, Keller, South Lake, everybody online, if you're sitting, I want you to touch a seat and let's just pray a prayer right now. Just agree with me as I'm praying. God, I pray for this seat. I pray not just for this seat, but for someone's seat to be in the seat next weekend and the next and the next. I want to be a part of this, God. Use me. I pray for people, for family, for coworkers. God, I pray for the right opportunity to bring them to you. I'm ready to face the financial cost, the relational cost, the emotional cost. I'm ready. Others here, you're like going, you know, Ed, I, I have never acquiesced and given my life to Christ. My soul has never been power washed by Jesus. Well, you can do and you can receive exactly what the paralytic received. Maybe you're not paralyzed physically, but spiritually you are. You just need to say, Jesus, I'm on a mat and I believe you lived and died and rose again and I acquiesce the seat of my life to you. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever be. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.